This is episode 238, five questions to help you beat overwhelm. Welcome to the Paul Miners Podcast, the show that will help you to optimize your time, income, and lifestyle fast. Get more done with actionable, easy to follow advice and learn how to live life on your terms. And now, introducing your host, Paul Miners. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Paul Miners Podcast, to episode number 238. As always, it is a pleasure to have you listening today. I, I know how valuable your time is, and so it really does mean a lot that you tune into these episodes. And today I am talking or, or discussing uh, five questions to help you beat overwhelm. If you want to get access to the show notes or the episode for this episode, you can find it at paulminers.com slash 238. I've linked to a few book summaries and tools and things in the show notes today, so you may find that useful. You can you can find the links there in the show notes. And so feeling overwhelmed and having too much to do is a very common problem that people ask me about. Most of us have a lot going on, whether it's work projects, meetings, studying, friends, family, social commitments, household chores. With, when all of these things add up, it's very easy to feel anxious and like you have too much to do and, and too much on the go at any one time. And for me, I know that whenever I feel stressed out and overwhelmed, what I like to do is I like to plan. And I like to just go into organization mode. I try to organize as much as I can because that way, even though I have a lot to do, Having a plan makes me feel like I'm on top of everything because now I have the means to get everything done. If you don't have a plan, if you don't have the means, you look at everything and you just feel like, ah, ah, screaming, I don't know what to do. Having a plan makes you think, okay, cool, it's a lot, but I know know how I'm going to get this done. So here are five questions that are going to help you to come up with that plan so that you can beat that stressed out, overwhelming feeling. First question, pretty simple, really. What are five things... I'd like to get done this week. So if you have a big to-do list with dozens or maybe even hundreds of things to do, just start by identifying five things you'd really like to get done within the next week. Uh, one, one, One a day, you know, within the working week. Now, even if you feel like you can do more, and I think this is part of the problem, we sometimes over plan. People think, oh, I can do five or 10 or 20 things today, and we overcommit. And that actually then contributes to the feeling of overwhelm. So I don't want you to overcommit. Instead, I actually want you to set the bar low. And starting with a smaller list helps you to then get going so that you can build momentum. And then if you end up doing six or seven or eight things that week, great. You now feel a lot better. But that's the first thing is just identify five things you'd like to get done this week. And to help answer this question, you can use the importance urgency matrix. You've probably seen this diagram floating around uh, before, but if you haven't, Imagine a graph, and on one axis you've got importance, how important something is, from important to not important. And then on the other axis you've got how urgent something is. Is it really urgent? Does it have to get done now? Or is it not urgent? Can it wait? So ideally you want to be working on things that are both important, they have a big impact, and they are urgent. You know, they need to get done now or soon rather than later. Arguably, things that aren't important even if they are urgent, maybe they shouldn't be done, or maybe you can outsource that to somebody else, and we'll talk more about that. Things that obviously aren't important and aren't urgent probably don't even need to be done at all. And so you can kind of look at this, this matrix and the how important and how urgent something is to evaluate what five things you want to do this week. That's the first question. 
And the second question is, okay, when am I going to do them? So once you've identified your top five tasks or jobs for the week, now you just need to work out when are you going to fit them in? And I, I talk about this a lot, um, but with a to-do list, I view a to-do list really as a list of what I call just good intentions. But what you need to do is to turn this list into a plan. You need to block out time uh, for the tasks that you're going to work on, on your calendar. Really, I think that's the best way to do it. Making time for your top five tasks and actually putting it on your calendar forces you to make decisions around when are you going to do it, you know, like a day and a time, and how long to allocate to the work. And it also helps you to fit the work in around other commitments like meetings and other time-sensitive appointments that are already on your calendar. So that's, those are the first two questions. What are the five things, five things I can get done this week? Let's set the bar nice and low. Five things that I know that these are really impactful, really urgent, really important. If I get those done and nothing else, that is still a win. And then when am I going to do them? And let's block out time on the calendar. And I've linked in my show notes to my article that I link to probably more than anything else, which is my time blocking article, how I do time blocking on the calendar. The next question is, how can I do less? Because by far the best way to beat overwhelm is to have less to do. And as social animals, we often feel compelled to please other people and we say yes to every request that comes our way. Now, last week I talked about creating a not-to-do list. So not a to-do list, but a not-to-do list to help you come up with rules that govern how not to spend your time so that you don't take on too much. And I've linked in the show notes to that, that post from last week, or you can just go back in your podcast feed to last week's episode. So if you have a big to-do list that's making you feel overwhelmed, I suggest going down the list and questioning whether every task really needs to be there. Because I've seen people clutter up their task lists whether uh, with, with random ideas they might want to do one day. Um, you know, with the Asana consulting that I do, people show me, you know, here's a project with all these ideas and things that I've, I, I think I want to do. And it just adds to that feeling of stress and overwhelm because it's just like, making you feel like you have lots to do, even though you haven't even necessarily committed to doing these things yet. Or people put use their Asana or Todoist or Trello or whatever it is that you use, your notebook, to list out books they want to read, articles they want to read, and they just put all this kind of fluff and junk into their to-do lists. Or even maybe you just have genuinely a lot of tasks and projects to do. Again, evaluating everything through this lens of what's important and what's urgent will help you to prune your to-do list. Really, you want to kind of go through and say, like, does everything need to be here? Can I get anything off this to-do list? Sometimes I will look at a task that I previously assigned to myself for, like, an idea or something I wanted to do, maybe a project. And then I look at it again with fresh eyes and I will decide, you know what, this isn't worth my time. Or it's not even that it's not worth my time, but there's other things I could be doing that are more worth my time. Now, obviously, not everyone's in a position to do that, depending on the work that you do, but there are probably elements of your work or your job where you do get some control about how to spend your time. So the fourth question is then, what have I been putting off for a while? This is a good one. So we're all guilty of this. We put work off again and again, sometimes due to a lack of motivation or discipline. It's just these are the things we know we need to get done, but we don't want to do them. Maybe it's a difficult conversation you need to have or an idea that isn't ready yet. But with things like this, there really are two ways to deal with them. One is don't do it. Like I said before, a great way to be less, uh, a great way to beat overwhelm is to have less to do. Now, this may not be an option for you, but if it is, simply deciding that 
you're not going to do it and getting it off your to-do list is, is one way of dealing with it. Stop making yourself feel worse. If you've postponed it so many times, if you've put something off for weeks or months, maybe you're just, you need to make the decision that it's not worth doing. If not doing it is not an option, you really have just one more choice, which is to do it. And I would suggest doing it now. Make it one of your five things to get done this week and eat the frog. Uh, that's an expression, or it's really uh, a book, actually. And I'm just going to look up who is the author here. Uh, I've got the summary on my website, Eat That Frog by Brian Tracy. Um, I've linked to that in the show notes. This is basically this idea that, you know, you find the difficult or the, um, the difficult tasks or the things you don't want to do and you start with those. Uh, and by, by getting it off, by eating the frog, getting it off your to-do list, you will feel less overwhelmed because that's a big mental burden. You know, you can be overwhelmed with lots of small tasks, but these big mental burden tasks, they really add a lot of mental weight to this, to your situation. So getting those difficult conversations or ideas or those things you've been putting off, getting them off to your to-do list will be a big win. And then the final question to ask yourself is what can I automate or outsource. So if you are feeling overwhelmed and you just can't keep up, maybe it's time to get some help through automation and or outsourcing. Tools like Zapier, Hazel, Alfred, Shortcuts, Text Expander, Keyboard Maestro, I've got links to all of those in my show notes. These are the tools that have helped me a lot to save time in my business. Now, you might be thinking, look, I'm too busy, I don't have time to learn how to use these tools. But let me just say that automation is one of those skills that it's going to pay back dividends years to come. And the sooner you start to automate your important processes, the sooner you will reap the benefits. You can't wait until one day when you magically have more time because that probably won't happen. So carve out some time in the evening or at the weekend and start with some small, some small little things. Maybe just save some email templates into Text Expander or use Zapier to create some if-then style automations. Once you get the automation ball rolling, you'll learn more about what's possible and you'll start finding opportunities to automate everywhere you look. And that's often how actually working with our clients will work with us. They might say, look, here's one small job. It's a small task. It annoys me. I'd like to automate it. Can you help? We do that. They inevitably come back and say, that was great. We'd like to do more and more and more because now they have ideas and we've got that, that automation ball rolling. And hiring a virtual assistant, this is a, a great way of outsourcing some of your mundane or tedious parts of your work to someone else. And you don't have to be a business owner to have a VA. Uh, in the four-hour work week, and again, I've linked to the show notes, um, in the show notes to the book summary of the four-hour work week, uh, author Tim Ferriss shares multiple examples of how salaried employees have used VAs to lighten their workload and free up time. So if you looked at your workload, I'm sure you would find plenty of things that a VA could easily handle if explained clearly. And actually, I used to have a big mental barrier with this. For years, I worked on my own and I thought, I don't have enough for a VA to do. And I also thought, you know, one of the myths with having a VA is you think, well, the time it would take to explain something, I may as well just do it myself. Well, there's a few schools of thought there. One is that, a bit like with automation, once you get the ball rolling, you, you find lots of ideas for other things that you can do. But also, once your VA, your assistant, learns how your business works and how you like to get things done, explaining things becomes a lot easier. So it is, again, one of those things where you just have to get going to start to reap the benefits. Um, and so there are probably plenty of things that you could outsource if you... If you um, 
if you really looked at your work. And, and this would leave you to work on the things that only you can do, which I would argue is a much better use of your time. You should really be spending your time on things that only you can do or that you are the best at. And the mundane, kind of tedious thing, parts of your job, you can outsource to somebody else. And that's going to help you beat that feeling of overwhelm, get more of those things on your to-do list out of the way. So how do you deal with overwhelm? These are the five questions that um, I've come up with today and uh, some of my thoughts. If you have any feedback, ideas, or thoughts of your own to share, you can head on over to the show notes, paulminers.com slash 238. I always appreciate the feedback and let me know what you think. And one more time, thank you very much for listening to this episode and I will catch you next time on the Paul Miners Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Paul Miners Podcast. Two quick things before I sign off. Firstly, if you enjoyed this episode or if you have any feedback for me, I would love it if you could leave me a review on iTunes. It really helps me to improve the show and it helps the show to get discovered by more people so I can help more people out there. The second thing is if you want to connect with me in person, you, beca- you can become a VIP member of my website. Head to paulminers.com VIP where you will be able to join my private Slack community and attend bi-weekly group mastermind calls. This has to be one of my favorite times of the week when it comes up is attending these group calls. The community is full of like-minded, productive, self-employed people, full-time workers. We have a real good mix of people in there. And I have to say, I have made fantastic friends with the people in this group. So if you want to join the community and connect with me and the other awesome members, sign up at paulminers.com VIP. One more time, thank you very much for listening and I will catch you next time on the Paul Miners podcast.